the number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Una Chaplin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Hollywood Exiles. It tells the story of how my grandfather, Charlie Chaplin, and many others were caught up in a campaign to root out communism in Hollywood. It's a story of glamour and scandal and political intrigue and a battle for the soul of a nation. Hollywood Exiles from CBC Podcasts and the BBC World Service. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer, ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how you subscribe. Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! Hello and welcome to Let Me Talk Details, a respite from the weekly whirlwind of top flight football. This is a space to break down the big picture topics and get into the details away from the game-by-game analysis. I'm David Mooney. As ever, the Athletic City correspondent Sam Lee is with me. Hello. As is former defender Nader Manua. Hello, how are you doing? This show is also a platform for you to get involved as well. We'd love to hear from you, so email hello at lmtpod.com if you've got any questions, thoughts or ponderings about City or football in general. Remember, this is the free version of the podcast feed. If you'd like longer ad-free versions, even earlier, then head over to lmtpod.com for information on how to become a member. So Niall says, uh, David James playing up front aside, any decisions made by managers that genuinely made him question their position or IQ? Not just starting 11, but really baffling choices. How do you respond to that as a player? For example, Guardiola playing silver at left-back. If it's not Pep, it would raise eyebrows. Well, I think that did raise eyebrows anyway. You know what I mean? Some yeah. people were very much asking questions about it, saying he has lost his mind. But I think some of the stuff that, say, Pep does, they work on it in training. So they've got some sort of grasp and idea about whether it's going to work or whether it's not. And if it was really ludicrous, he probably wouldn't bring it out there. You know, there would be something that he would have seen in, first in his mind and then on the training pitch that would make him think that this is a sensible thing to do. Yeah, I but, can get him to do this. Yeah, but for us, you know, because we see it like once a week or twice a week on the field, whether it works or it doesn't, we think that's just, that's the sample size, you know, but it's not. But in terms of obviously the, the Stuart Pierce and David James things, like it's 
I would make a case, and I think it's a good case, that that's the worst managerial decision in the history of all of football. <laughs> well, the, the best of it is, is when I asked David James about it, he said, like, I hadn't been told about it. If I'd been told about it, I might have had a chance to at least practice something. Nah, listen, but, like, listen. Yeah, he, he told me that he hadn't been told about it, but the shirt was ready. And... Yeah, but that's because Chappie had to get the shirt ready. Yeah, yeah, Didn't yeah. have to tell David. No, but, like, no, 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 no that is true. There, there, was some, there, was something, there was something about it. I did it in the pandemic in the lost, forgotten years. When I spoke to people about it, and there was, I'm sure there were some people saying, no, 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 like they knew this was happening, but no, nobody no, knew. No, no, because if you knew it was happening, like as far as not speaking up is one thing, but when somebody you, had talked him down, <laughs> yeah, when you when you're talking about like putting a goalkeeper up top, like I did something about this the other day. Someone was asking about it in sort of like his history or whatever, and they said, oh, goalkeeper came on up front. I was like, he didn't come on up front. A goalkeeper came onto the pitch to go in net, and the goal that was already there went up front, which is that little wrinkle that makes it even more wild, you know, like. Where Claudio Reyna's coming off the field, he's he's annoyed. You know what I mean? It's a big game. It's the last game of the season. Experienced international. This was your moment to try and like do something and win the game for the team. You're coming off the pitch, and who would you look up? Who who is it? Because sometimes you know when the board goes up, you don't always remember everyone's number. That's the thing. Mm, so you yeah, know yeah. yours. You don't know who the next person's is. Okay. So when the board goes up, and he's probably thinking, "Oh, who's that?" And then he sees Nicky Weaver standing there. Like, he's like what? In goalkeeper get up as well. Yeah, but like what? You know what I mean? Like he must use he must go yeah. from frustrated to like baffled to furious. Like what's going on here? Like how many other? Well, so that happens. David James is there playing up front. No one's ever seen him up front. We've never trained with him up front. He's never been outside. And it's not like in this era of football where goalkeepers mix in with first team training, outfield stuff. He wasn't doing that. That wasn't a thing back then. But in terms of things in my career. There were some players who maybe weren't playing too well. We were always getting the chance to play, or say within a game, you can get, you can sort of. I think at times bigger frustrations are when you can feel that something's not going right, but the person on the side can't see it, can't sense it, yeah. isn't making a change to adapt it. Whether it's a case of changing the formation or making a substitution within a game, and that's quite tough because you can't do it yourself on the inside. You just like, come on, this is this is this. But the worst of the worst was during this year now, where sometimes you get a team formation on a sheet of paper. I'm trying to remember exactly where it was. I'm pretty sure it was a QPR. I got uh, the sheet of paper through, and it's actually quite exciting because, ah, this is the thing I saw on TV that time from way back when. Mm. We only had 10 players on the sheet. So it was it was meant to have 11 players on it. We only had 10 on there. So I'm looking at it like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like was, you're trying to figure out who's missing here as you're out in the field trying to play a game, trying to pass on information, but like, well, I don't... Uh, we, <laughs> yeah, like... Oh. That is tricky. Yeah, because you then can't go over to the side and say, oh, you've, you've forgotten someone. Like, you forgot, you as a manager have forgotten someone on this pitch. And it's like, it's like almost like he was thinking, oh, we're going to go down to 10 men. No, we weren't. Like, it's a, it was a remarkable moment to have a sheet of paper on with information you're supposed to give to your team. And I was there as captain. To so, and they're asking me what's going on. I was going to say, somebody passed this to you. Is it, the manager like passed sub- it to me. The manager passed me the note. So it wasn't even a sub who'd brought no. it on and like... The manager, the manager passed me the note in like a very quick break of play. And I'm running back into position, open up the note. I'm looking. I'm like, there's someone missing. <laughs> like, did like, you know who was missing? Did you did you pinpoint who was missing immediately? I, I couldn't. The game was just happening. It's like, well, what we yeah, yeah, the time to yeah, put, put the kettle on and, and also figure it out. with uh, it was Ian Holloway. Um, I think he did this as well. Sometimes he's like the way he sees the game isn't necessarily the way he can write down on a sheet of paper. Yeah. So he's trying to say, oh, someone's just like if someone says, oh, you're just off the right. What does off the right look like on a on a sheet of paper? You know what I mean? Within the context of attacking and defending, it's like the body's there, but. Just 
<laughs> just yeah, that's good. Yeah, just there, perfect, perfect, perfect. So yeah, I'd probably say getting a team sheet with ten players on is probably as bad as I've seen. That's well, obviously there's the one. There's the Debbie one. James. We, yeah, we ignore that's that. in it. That's that's world class mismanagement. But then the rest of it, yeah, I think I'd say not having enough players on a team. That's mad because I think you know when Liverpool won the Champions League in two thousand and five. Mm. There's the thing about Benitez was doing a team talk at half time or whatever with the tactics board, and I think one of the players was like, "There's twelve players on there." <laughs> So I mean that's rather, like, rather too many than too few now. Yeah, yeah, but that, that's kind of embarrassing. But at least you can like sit down and like, okay, what are you doing? Like, are you trying to read a piece of paper while Baffled. trying to like maintain a baffled, fucking, uh, an offside line or something. Baffled. Baffled. How many? How many managers can't count to eleven? Uh, let's let me shoot some shoot them some Bailey. Maybe they're just caught up in the sheer emotion of the yeah, game of course, itself yeah, and they're not, panicking yeah. and all that. It's just like a little error, but like it's just not helpful because you, we've all seen on the side on the, in stadiums when a manager's trying to shout onto the pitch anyway. How often do you think people actually hear what they're saying? I, I've always thought you can't hear a thing unless mm. unless you are the left back on and on their side yeah, or the right someone, back on their side, which is, which was hell by the way. Yeah. If you were playing as a fullback <laughs> on the manager's side, you talk about like overstimulation. Now you got to come up here. Now you got to come back there. Now you got to do this. You got to do that. Someone on the far side is having a whale of a time. Can't hear a single thing. <laughs> but yeah, mostly, especially if you were playing centrally, a manager trying to give you some information and doing it with your hands. You're like, I don't have a clue what this guy's yeah. saying. But you're like, I, w- mm, I wonder mm. about that because you know, Pep's always like, you can never. I suppose if I like really looked at it, you might be able to decipher it, but probably not. But obviously, Pep's hand signals a lot, man. Yeah. And, and it's like you, you can't really work out as much as you're trying to. It's just guessing. You'll never do it. But it's like the players, most you know, the players who have been there for so long. So I wonder now, even if they are on the far side, and he's kind of you know, they see it and they go, both arms yeah. out, kind of pointing at the ground yeah. or whatever. They're like, they. I reckon they know what he means there. But yeah. in most cases. It, there's surely no way it, it unless you obviously just start pushing that you know if you it depends how nuanced they want to be because you, as we all know there's now the one where it's like play play yeah, you know, yeah, the hands yeah. flicking the hands out yeah, flicking yeah. the hands means go on go on play or like you throw up the three for like a three at the back or something but most of the wild stuff tends to come at the end of a game where like you know all structure really goes out the window <laughs> you know so if someone's coming on to you, you i feel sorry for the sub sometimes they're coming on they get told they get told everything giving them yeah, yeah. so much info in the ear yeah. they're just trying to get ready and someone's like ah, blah 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 they walk onto the field and the first thing they go on to someone is like, we're going we're gonna to do three with like this thing here. But like you can't really say who the person is, but they're trying their best to sort of pass on that message. It's usually quite funny, except like when it's desperate like that, you're usually losing. So you need some level of structure, but you know, it goes out the window. It's the other way around though sometimes, isn't it? It's like you're winning, but you've got to, like you're on the back foot. You've got to, you, you might be shoring it up a little bit. And... Well, you say that. In terms of shoring up, the only manager that I can think of off the top of my head that I had there was like almost set in stone of how we showed it up was Mancini because yeah. he'd bring on another centre back to go in as, as a three. It was very clear. Like you're standing on the sideline, we are, like, we're, we're, we're winning this. one now. <laughs> it says you, you're going to come on for this guy who's usually an attacker, yeah. and you're going to defend there. like hell. Yeah, you're going to stand <laughs> there and head it and kick it for ten minutes. That's it. No other, no other queries. No lot, no lot. Sort of like how you're going to play out from the back. How you're going to be going up for set pieces? Like no, 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 no. You're just here. Just stand here. It's like got you. Got I got this. Got yeah, yeah, I got guys. this. Yeah, no, no problem at all. Did you ever have that when? Somebody was coming on and trying to, like, rejig the team according to what the manager had told them, but you were just like, no, I have no idea what's going on yeah, here. And then, but then at what point does it get sorted out or does it just not? It, sometimes it just doesn't get sorted out. Like, you just hope that it doesn't affect how the game's going, if it's going positively for you, you know what I mean? And most of the t- times where things get drastically different it's towards the end of the game anyway. So it's not really in a place where... You know, you can be comfortable. You're already uncomfortable, basically, because mm-hmm. he's needed to try and, or the manager's needed to do a particular change to sort of rejig everything. So, yeah, unless it's like for like, then it's like, well, 
here we go. Let's try and figure this out. When what? it's gone, I was going to say, what about when it's really early in a game and it's clear the game plan isn't working and there's and the manager's gone right? I need to change this. But the, if at that point they're usually reverting back to something that they done that before, you already know. Yeah, that tends to be the way that it goes. It's, it's, I I consider it unlikely that you've had a system which you've used for a very, very long time that all of a sudden has to completely be put into the bin. You know, I think from my perspective, and obviously you can relate this to City to a certain extent, most teams playing against the likes of City, you'd have a plan in play for how you're going to play against them, you know, and it kind of goes not against what you normally do. But you wouldn't, you would, it would be... exaggerated. Yeah, yeah, so you wouldn't, in fact, there there are lots of, well, there's some clubs I played for, especially the ones which, which were struggling, where you don't have a set style of play. Do you know where a City, the way they play transfers everywhere, and they take into account what the opposition are going to do. And they might make a slight tweak. But they still have their identity. Yeah, yeah, but from a lot of other teams, it's just like a huge rejig, you know. And you spend so much time worrying about how to defend it that you don't know how to attack. I don't want to say don't know how to attack. You know how to attack, but... There's nobody don't, there. <laughs> you, don't, you don't attack in the same... You don't have the same level of organisation in your attack as you do mm. in your defence. So you're very much like lopsided. So then when you're one down or two down, it's like, well, what what are we doing now? And then that's what the manager says, oh, just let's go back to this other thing. But then the other thing didn't exist anyway. Mm. You know, I think it... These teams, like City and so on, they practice multiple situations. You know, they're very good at dealing with scenarios, like what happens when you're leading, when you're losing 10 minutes to go, like an hour to go and so So, you know, they're prepared, they're set, but that's not the norm, I'd say. It's funny as well, because, like, you see teams go ultra-defensive. So, like, Leicester in that kind of run-in period, and City went 3-0 up really early, and then they changed back to what... It's like if Leicester were playing against... I don't know, whatever scenario you'd put it, whether they were playing without pressure or a game where they thought they could win or a game where they thought you need to score two goals in 10 minutes or whatever. Mm. They started playing like like uninhibited. Yep. They were playing some great stuff and like City were really struggling and it's just interesting that... But City... You can't, you can't really go that... You can't blame the manager for, for going there and not playing like that. But then it was just funny how they're 3-0 down and then they were just obviously yeah, Guardiola City, City took everyone off though, yeah, but, yeah. Also, but the whole point when, when we had the discussion about that Leicester were already playing well before Guardiola started making the subs at half time so yeah. they did definitely change after that 25 minutes it's yeah. just interesting how those shifts happen you know you go with what you think sensible it's, it's it doesn't the, work it's and then the, you go back to the other thing and the other thing's actually better I think it's the it's the psychology of it as well though because some teams at 3-0 they'll like get worse but then there are other teams at 3-0 who feel they've got nothing to lose yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean so you start playing with le- under less pressure because when you start the game like, how many teams expect to win at the Etihad? Chances are it's going to be not many. You know what I mean? So the longer they stay in with the game, the more, like, the pressure's, like, ramping up, ramping up, and they're panicking, like, oh, hopefully I don't I don't want to slip. If I slip, someone goes in, you know, oh, we've got to take this chance. Come on, hang in there. You know, real high stakes. Or you could be a couple of goals down or whatever, and all of a sudden the idea, that concept of a free hit suddenly is in, and the players that are on the field are capable of playing according to those conditions. Mm. Where you know you can take a bit more, take a few more risks. Yeah, you will run forward. You'll try and hit them on the break, and before you know it, like you're pushing City back or you're pushing whichever team that is back because instinctively, like two teams can't be on the front foot at the same time. But you've got the psychology of it the other way around as well, where you're three 0 up and then the team that you've been pressurising for an hour get one back. You're like, oh well, we can't. Don't don't do this to us. Listen, reverting back to me playing as a defender in my career, every time we were comfortable in a game, we had a good lead and then the other team scored, at this point I think it's, this isn't down to me anymore. I need you up top to do something because <laughs> you're the one that's going to take the like take the take air the heat off, yeah. yeah. You scoring another goal stops everything. This this momentum that like this other team have, great. I could defend now for the next half hour and be magnificent and it could still finish 3-3. Yeah. But if you do something now, the game's done. 
please like, i'm standing there <laughs> I'm like, please just do something take your chances you know those games where like a team has a lead and you see in them they're like wasting chances wasting yeah. chances wasting chances like why, go, why you know you it's coming don't you yeah, yeah. That's what i mean like why why would you be bothered it's because you, the other team will have a spell and they can score goals oh, that's that why forest, that side. That forest that forest game. Game. Mate, prime example <laughs> Prime example, but yeah. all the while, defensively, it wasn't a great goal that conceded. Oh, shocking! But but you look at some of the chances. You look at some of the chances that they could have scored before that, and they'd be the ones that would have ended the game. You know, they could have. Def- oh yes. You know what I mean? That's the thing. The goals end the game. Mm. Good bits of defending sort of keep you alive, but just kill, just end it. Yeah. Just do something without please. without wishing to open up old traumas. Um, it's too late. The the 2007 season. They weren't closed ever, were they? The traumas. They just <laughs> for once it happens once. Listen, <laughs> step on the field every time thinking about it. The 2007 season. At what point? Like, did you know? Like throughout the game, if we concede it, we're done. Because 2007. So the 10 goals at home. We ain't scoring. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but <laughs> was that was that 2006 7? 6 7, yeah. yeah. So we knew the goals were drying up. I remember, I think it was Georgia Samaras penalty against Everton in February. Day. Oh, was it New Year's, New Year's Day? Day. No, yeah. surely it was later than I'm that. I'm snipping out. Yeah, surely it was later than that. New Year's Day. Surely it was later January, than that. January, February, March, April, May. No goals at home in the league. So we were in a position where we knew there weren't going to be a ton of goals. Yeah, <laughs> we knew there weren't going to be a ton of goals, and a couple of missed penalties as well. Yeah, it? and I think what makes it harder if you're trying to be like a good team player, you don't want to be the person that stands on a halfway line pointing the striker saying just kick the ball into the goal <laughs> because you always see it from the other side where attackers are always stunned that they, that their team has conceded a goal like from a distance they're like oh. Oh, it was just on the door. Shut up. You know what I mean? Like, come, like, come back come and help. help. Come, help. come yeah, back yeah. and help. Maybe maybe that could rectify this situation you hate so much, yet still you think it's normal for you to score, but it's not normal for another team to score against your team. Anyway, so yeah, you're in a position where you know a lot of the strikers you had at the time were out of form. You knew there wasn't that much creativity. You knew that we weren't great on set pieces. <laughs> <laughs> you could hear the discontent in the crowd. Pitch was like dry. Everything was like, <laughs> mate. There were some tough, tough spells. But in fairness, we got some results away from home. So in the end, it kind of it balanced itself out because it wasn't a case of for three months straight we never scored a goal. But the fact that like it was at home, everyone had to witness that. But some of the ones that went on the journeys with us to those away games, they actually saw something a lot better. You know, like a ball hitting a net every so often. And yeah, we didn't. We weren't thinking how wild that is. We weren't properly involved in relegation at battle that season. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which doesn't seem to make sense, but I, yeah, we felt we felt the pressure. I always point to that season when you know when you hear pundits say uh, they'll score enough goals, they'll stay up. I always point to that season as the reason why actually it's teams that don't concede that stay up. Yeah, dear, listen, it's not it's not a great year. It's not it's not <laughs> a great year. We need to we need to try and banish that one from the memory. To be honest, because when you said two thousand and seven, immediately I was thinking about the positive. The, the positive. I was thinking about yeah, Spurs, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> oh yeah, that was great. Did a double over United, all that stuff. But no, instead you you, you dragged us back there. Thank you. I'm weirdly obsessed with that season. I can't really Everyone is. Why. It comes yeah. up all the time. Like, it's such a it gets mentioned a lot. It's horrendous. You know what I mean? Horrendous. What a horrendous like way to do a season. That is like so just a, don't score at home. The fellow in front of me, one in that season, shouted something at the pitch, and somebody from behind shouted at him. Will you shut up? Some of us are trying to sleep. <laughs> That's the most silly thing I've ever heard. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Time to take a short break now. When we come back, we'll be talking about how Pep might improve Nadem as a player. See you then.
Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. Man City Talk says, uh, how would Pep improve Nadem as a player? How far is his ceiling under him? Is this a question for me? Uh, well, you didn't see me I've got enough. some suggestions. Yeah. <laughs> um... I th- so I'm quite I'm like a bit of a thinker as you guys probably know. So I'd like the challenge of being under a manager that wants to make you think about it. You know what I mean? To see yeah. game in a different perspective, and to make things like clear as well what he wants. You know, there are some managers. Like I had one. Uh, how specific can I be on this? Do I just name names or what do I do? Name names if you want. <laughs> it's entirely up to you, mate. Um, it's not. It's not our reputation, does it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes I forget this podcast goes beyond this room, but. Um, you had a manager who always used to say, like, before games, just get the ball down and play. Good players play. Just get the ball down and play. And that by itself seems like a reasonable statement. But then, like, well, how how do you want us to yeah, play? Yeah, what do you want me to do? You know what I mean? So then we went out there and people tried to show that character and tried to impress him by playing. He wasn't someone that was great with risk. So all of a sudden, he says, no, no, stop doing that. Get it long. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, okay, but now even worse still. So you can... You can have a plan to play out from the back and things go wrong and people from the outside criticise you, but it's still part of the plan, so you do it. Yeah. But i tell you what, what looks worse is when you try and play long and you've got no plan about how to do that as well. Mm. Well, I was going to say, like playing long, surely, like as a risk, you're, you're creating a percentage ball. You have to then win the ball when you've, no, when you've played it long. Not necessarily. You have to win the second ball. Yeah. That's the thing. But to win the second ball is when the plan comes in play. Because the first ball, I could play a ball long and some could flick it on. But if nobody's there, then it's pointless. Doesn't matter, yeah. Exactly. Whereas, like, the teams that are really good at long ball, like, say, prime example, um, and it's not to say that they're just a long ball team, but like Brentford, last season when they played against City, a ball goes up to Ivan Tony. You've got two runners alongside it, midfielders coming up behind it. That's not by coincidence. That's a plan. So they know how to use that as a strategy. Mm. So then it doesn't matter if Tony flicks it on, somebody's running onto it. Yeah. If the Tony defender loses it, yeah, yeah, the defender wins it, nods they, it they, down. They contest it from yeah. every angle. We saw it with City when they had to adapt to go man to man. At the start yeah. of the season, they didn't really know what to do. Yeah. And then through the course of those Brent, Brighton and Arsenal games, they got better at it. Mm. The second half of the Arsenal game in the cup, when they brought Walker on, basically, and yeah, got players around and yeah. second balls and stuff. It's absolutely, it's absolutely a thing. But like again, if you've not worked on either. Whereas I think with Guardiola, he works on what he wants the players to do, what he wants the whole team to look like. And I think everyone on that field has an understanding of what they need to do and also what those around them need to do as well. So I think that brings out the best in those players. I think that's the reason why these players are obviously very good players anyway, but they've all gotten better. You know, if he was a manager who just brought in good players and they played well and everything was great, then fantastic. But every player, I feel, apart from, I can't even think of who not, I feel like they've improved individually. They've learned about the game. They understand how to work within that system. This is why people think City have never signed any duds under Guardiola. Exactly, because yeah. he yeah. just improves them. They've, they've all they've all gotten better, and they've all got their own sort of like individual bit of magic and so on and so forth. But you've seen their understanding of say where to be in games. They're in all ind- individual brilliance of how to read certain situations, certain scenarios. And yeah, like I think he raises the, the ceiling for potentially everyone. Whether or not he wants you in the team is a different matter. But he could definitely have gotten more out of me and gotten more out of absolutely everyone, as long as you buy into it. Because there are some people, and we see these guys as coaches to this day, to be fair, and people commented on it. 
there's still there'll be people who from our generation who still don't like people playing out from the back. You know what I mean? Even though that's the norm now. So imagine if you had that mentality in your mind and you went to try and train with City under Pep Guardiola and he insists upon doing it, you'd be resistant to it. But at that point, you're now the exception as opposed to the norm, whereas yeah. one point you were the norm. You know what I mean? So it's a case of can you be open-minded to learn about a different style of football? And I definitely could do that. And yeah, like, listen, my my best season with City for the years that I played was the the year after the season of the takeover when yeah. we were in Europe. And that's when we had a Rubinho, Alano, and so on in the team. You had Stephen Allen playing well and all these types of guys. So that's when the standard at that point throughout my city career had been at the highest. And that's when I played my best. So as I look back, like, you rise to the occasion. Hmm. Or sometimes you just get involved in the championship like I did at <laughs> QPR one game. <laughs> Goodness, we played Ipswich once. And the pitch was a mess. This game was a disgrace. I, finished, I walked off the pitch. I think I made three passes, of which the third one was in the 90th minute. And I went, this is this is a disaster. Like, I had more headers and clearances than I made passes in 90 minutes. I was like, yo, I don't know what's happened here, but this is apparently the way it's got to be. And that, that my friend, was heartbreaking. Yeah. I'm thinking in terms of like a possible adaptation, I think we've seen, even with Diaz now making a small adaptation where he's just holding on onto the ball forever. Mm. You know, he's putting his foot on the ball like the Brighton centre-backs do. He's Even if he's not putting his actual studs on it, he's just holding it and holding it and holding it. I think he did it. He does it all the time, but I remember the FA Cup final as well. Would that have been something that you were like, I guess it's like, if you asked to do it by a manager, you're going to do it. But how do you think you'd have got on with like no, a heavy focus on like being on the ball, uh, fine, holding mate. the ball, waiting to be closed down? It's fine. I think the difference between, say the way people and you know some people try and make this specifically about me saying I should have played and all this like I'm not saying that but what I'm trying to say is that if I for most of my career if I got the ball from the goalkeeper which wasn't a guarantee by the way for the 16 years that I played mm. and I put my foot on it how many options would I have had whereas for this City team yeah and the way yeah, that the football's played yeah. it's designed around it's it. exactly it's it's not you putting your foot even, it allows other people the chance to get themselves in the right spot as well even if there isn't an option I guess there's always Edison you knock it back you reset yeah and I don't know if like, I, it, no the, the number, you wouldn't, the, the you wouldn't get the ball in the City team no. if there was no option no but yeah. but also the, like you've said a number of times you roll a ball back to a goalkeeper sometimes and the first thing they do is they put the foot through it's yeah going long. exactly yeah. and that, that used to be part of the ploy like the only it wasn't <sighs> And, you know, it goes back to the goalkeeper and the goalkeeper can be told to kick it long or they can be told like, to just keep foot on it as well and just move it around. And I think when you have a team which can go put the ball back to a goalkeeper, it forces the opposition to really like decide like how are we going to do this because they all, the goalkeeper is another outfielder basically. Yeah. Whereas from back when, you know, if you rolled back to the goalkeeper, a long ball was going to come. So you just needed to make sure you get the second balls. But like the goal is these days, like the way they're being built, sort of an honor, you see with Edison, Ortega's, you know, like Ramsdale's trying to do it and other people. And the one uh, uh, Brighton, not even Sanchez, the other one, English one, Stockdale. Oh, Stockdale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, they got a new keeper now, haven't they? They're trying to. That'd be interesting. They're trying to feed the what's that? Sorry, they got a new new twenty year old keeper, left footed, like you know, one of these like data guys that's like really it statistically was, his, good. His, his foot, his left foot will be a wand. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. threading balls through midfield. You know what I mean? But that's the right pass. It's always left footers for some reason. I don't really uh, understand that way. Like, it's gonna like I would have. The, the times in the past, say when you're playing, and you might think, okay, I'm going to make an, ex an executive decision. I'm going to play out from the back. Yeah. You run back there, you get it, you lock up, nothing's on. <laughs> yeah. And people are pointing and saying, kick it that way. Yeah. So you can play a long ball. Which you fucking land in there. Mate, people, people, are pointing, <laughs> people are pointing, like, say, this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you play it this way. Yeah. Lose the first ball, lose the second ball. People turn around, look at you, start pointing again, saying, why are you doing this? You know what I mean? Like, there's a reason why within English football for lots of years that we've existed, 
we've seen goal kicks where everyone is in the space of about a 10, 15 meter grid because they don't want to play out from the back and they want to just contest things. And the goalkeeper's going to land it in that in grid. that zone. Yeah. And it's going to be bang, 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 throw in. You know what I mean? Like that's the way it works. <laughs> At no point does anyone want to just put their foot in, and that's that's fine. That's you know the what thing mean? about the pointing that made me laugh. It's like you could be you're using your energy there. Just like I've got no interest yeah. in having this ball now. Point. You send it over there. It's point. Like I've got time, and this is why when I first came back to England, like I had time for Roger in this game that he played in because he was always in around the place where he could receive the ball. And even there are times in in training in games where you don't really want to receive it, but you have to give the option. You know what I mean? And when you give the option, you have to know that, that that means that someone else could potentially get the ball as well. You know, if, say, the right-back's got the ball and they turn back, they want to see you. They need to see you. Mm-hmm. And then if you see you, then the goalkeeper can, be, goalkeeper can be in a different spot as opposed to somebody not necessarily hiding, like, as a negative, but just saying, no, oh, just do it somewhere else. Like, it makes it easier for the opposition. It makes it harder for your goalkeeper who's not going to receive it. Say, if, if Kyle Walker's got the ball and say uh, Ruben Diaz doesn't come across to try and receive it, then Kyle Walker's thinking, well, maybe I've got to go all the way back to Edison, but now he's playing it to his right foot. So yeah. essentially, the opposition have closed off the avenue there, as opposed to if um, Ruben Diaz or whatever comes a bit more to the right. Walker could play it to Diaz, or he could potentially play it to Edison. And he Edison's could have got Diaz, to left, to, yeah. You know what I mean? Who's then got... like It's, it's like a... No one move or position is completely independent of the domino effect. Yeah. yeah, like this is this is like a work of art as opposed to just like a one person like crusade. It. Yeah, it's like it's not one person crusade to like save the day. So that's why you have to do it. So I think, as I say, with Pep, like I'd have, I'd have loved to play against him. He played so played under him rather because he's for me, for me, and a stress for me is the greatest manager or the greatest coach that I've seen in my lifetime. And I love Sir Alex Ferguson for what he did for United and what football was and how big a name he is. Sir Alex, yeah, he deserves that. But he sort of like cultivated winners. I feel like Guardiola cultivates winners and improves the players to a level where the style of football... Cultivates coaches, you could, yeah. you could say. The way that he... Oh, do you know what? I'm so glad you said that because when I was on a show somewhere else the other day, I know, weird, I go on other shows. What? The, I know. Do they pay? The... Uh, <laughs> They went back to the time where people said, as Guardiola arrived in England, they wouldn't be able to do it in England. You know what I mean? Mm. And the, the, as far as bad takes Were go... Were they bringing out receipts? Like right. specific names and stuff? You just made me remember that, but right, as far okay. as like bad takes go... Oh, right, I see. You know well, what I mean? Okay, yeah. It that's, a, that's, a, that's a historically bad take, but it was based upon... It was re, with re, Fabregas retiring, and it was this sort of like feel we have towards Spain and Spanish people and the Spanish style of play, oh, I'll never make it in England, yeah, never yeah. make it in England. Yet still now... We're trying to play a style of football, which would be reminiscent of like most teams that we see playing in Spain with a profile of player who like just these little magicians, yeah, no yeah, real physical. Technical. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like it's funny how things change, isn't it? Well, yeah. Some of the most technical players have been some of the dirtiest though. Yeah. David Silva could leave a foot in. Yeah, it's just because they're lazy though, I don't want to defend. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the difference. Just on that Guardiola or I'd love to see him manage like Bolton or whatever, that because it's always it's never said as a kind of interesting case study in, oh, I'd like to see how that works. I would genuinely like to see how that works. Mm. That's always said as in, oh, we'll see how good he is, like, see if he wins the Champions League with, like, Macclesfield or whatever. It's like, oh, that's the game, is it? But also, it's like, I would genuinely be interested in that. To see what happens. To see what happens, just to see, like, to speak to those players, like, even if it was just for a year, just to see how he improves them, see what they think, to see what that how that team would perform. Uh, it'd be so mad, like... Because if that team, let's say, were in League Two and they didn't, or let's just say they got into the playoffs but didn't 
didn't win the playoffs or didn't even make the playoffs, that would then be classed as a failure. But I'd love to just know how those players felt the performance level of the players relative to the season before or that basically because everything you've talked about there and kind of touching on the coaching details and what you said Mooney about that's why nobody says or people say City just signed good players Yay. or oh, look at these great players you know but there was that list when Guardiola was in the second season won the, won the title there was like, oh Guardiola inherited like Sterling and Otamendi and it's Otamendi like he's made Otamendi like play well like yeah. if Mourinho, because it was always the Mourinho thing. Oh, look at the players Mourinho inherited at United. It's like, if Guardiola had gone to United, I'm sure he'd have won the league in that second season. Because the players you're now saying, oh, look what he's inherited, I'm sure he would have like made them better. Like, Ander Herrera would have been like a great Guardiola player. Like, Juan yeah. Mata would have been a great Guardiola player. That would have been a t- tidy little midfield with those two. I don't even remember who would have been behind him at that point. But that would that would have been great. But... People don't appreciate those coaching details. People just think, oh, well, they, they, they buy the best players. They just go onto the pitch and do what they do. And, and we know in this room that that is stupid. But I would like Guardiola, just that stupid thing that people say, I'd like to see him take over a League, league Two team. I would genuinely love to see it because I'd just love to see... see what improvements are made. Exactly, yeah. and the players at that level, you know, like you say, Nedham, like, hypothetically, a player could be like completely resistant to what he wants to do. But realistically speaking, every player in that division is going to be like, fuck me, it's Pep Guardiola. Yeah, and like yeah. everyone's going to be like really on board with trying to do what he wants not them to necessarily. do. Not, <laughs> do you not, no, not necessarily. Just because, as well as say in that sort of division, it's kind of against culture overall. Mm. That's why in some of those you might see three or four teams that like play a style of football, but then you know at some point they revert to time because most of the teams we'll be playing against will be just yeah. Like, I suppose do you think a core of the dressing room thinking, mate, like this yeah. is this is a different level, and, mate. You'll and, see, and and the fields aren't exactly all going to be like the Etihad or yeah. the places. Oh, he's, City he play. is mad about the grass as well. Yeah, like, he he will, he'll be losing pitches. his mind seeing a League Two pitch in December. You know what I mean? Like that's this. Like, you know oh, what's this? Again, we talked about like the long balls and stuff, though. I, do you not think it'd be it'd have to be like the best like long ball manager ever? I think I think because he's a winner, he'd find a way to make the team better. But that doesn't necessarily mean that but be with successful that, like, within that space. Take the grass out of it. Like if the grass isn't good, then but then boot it long. Yeah, I think I think um, isn't there something like Cruyff's? It was either Cruyff's Ajax or Cruyff's Netherlands did something like that. Like there, but obviously there was like so much water on the pitches and stuff. But they were like playing overhit balls into the puddle so that knowing that they would stop yeah, and stuff like that. And it's like, you're telling me Guardiola couldn't like find a way no, without leaving could, the worst conditions. He like. could 100% find a way, but I think where this argument sort of falls down for me when it says, oh, he's, he's, he's always got the best, he's got the best, this and best that. Like, if you've if the players are bad, why do you expect a coach to come and make them great? And if a player, mm. if a coach came and made them better, they still wouldn't be great. They'd just be better. Yeah. So is it a failure to make a that's make what a I'm team thinking? Better? You know, you'd look yeah, at you know the table I mean? and go, "Well, they didn't do this. They didn't do that." But I was like, from a coaching point of view, they got better. If those players are better, you speak to those players, and there's improvement there. Then that's that's him doing yeah, the job. For me, like legacy within managers goes to a point where it's not necessarily always going to be down to success and how many trophies and stuff you've mm. won, but did he make you a better player? And if you were to ask most City players, I'd imagine the ones that have left anyway. I'd imagine most of them say, yes, Pep Guardiola made me a better player. Because I think the way that he sort of approaches the game on and off the field is something which brings out the best in them. Yeah. Like how many players have we seen through come through the system at City or whatever? Not the academy, but like the, the way City play and the way City operate. And they've said, and we've, see, we've seen them get worse. You know what I mean? It's not really a thing, I'd no. say. But. Well, th- th- this is it. We're now, what, seven, eight years into Guardiola's tenure and people still point at Claudio Bravo as the uh, as, as the issue. And it's like, that was his first season, lads. Like, it's it's seven, eight years ago. Yes, listen. Yeah. People, people will talk. People will talk. But unfortunately, I won't be able to see it now because I'm not on Twitter, so I can't, I can't do <laughs> pages anymore. But, you know, we move on.
they find their way to you, though, don't they? No, they don't. Not anymore. They're not. I only take screenshots now if you want to send me something. I genuinely can't click on a link on Twitter to see oh, it. Oh, because you haven't got an account, so you can't see it. Can't see anything, though. So, screenshots only, Ooh, please. That, oh, that... See, I'm, I'm here, and so many other people here are like, oh, Twitter's crap, can't wait for it to finish. It's like, you know, you can just take this into your own hands. I actually can't, because like, I think I'll do, like, not go. contractually, but I need to use it for work, which is a pain in the ass. Yeah, that's what they but, say. Yeah, oh, that, that thing where you can't see it if you haven't got an account. Can't that's... see it, mate. Can't see it. I can, it made me realise I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm going to screenshot my entire timeline and keep sending it to you. Uh, I can block people <laughs> as well. Let's, let's we forget that. Let's we forget that. That's it for this episode of Let Me Talk Details. Sam, there's more for members uh, from this episode. What, uh, what can they hear? Yeah, we're going through City players, past and present, that you would like to share a tent with at a festival. If you'd like to hear all that, then you can sign up. All the useful links are in the episode description and over on lmtpod.com. If you want to ask us a question or send us a voice note on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok, just search for LMT Pod. There's plenty of extra content completely free on there as well. Or you can send us an email as well. Hello at lmtpod.com. Thanks for listening and we will see you next time. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.